Super Talk Mississippi media production. If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. What is up on a Friday? I am Brian Scott Rippey. My co-conspirator, as always, is Colin Brister. We appreciate how you hang, oh, I can't talk this morning. Hanging out with us on this Friday, June 8th, 7th. I don't know. No, I wanted this. Uh, a di- edition of the Rebel Report. Um, I am in scenic Little Rock, Arkansas, staring at a Days in and a dumpster from outside of my hotel room. Um, what's up, man? Not much, not much. Just to uh, head that way myself here, not too long. Yeah, so um, we had Green Radio. We did a radio show in Greenville, Mississippi, yesterday at Steve Azar's golf tournament. I don't know if you know who that is, but he's like a Mississippi-based singer-songwriter guy. I've heard so there are a yeah. bunch of like, like celebrity-ish people, I guess. Like, so we basically had an entire show just interviewing people. It was kind of cool. We interviewed uh, Prince's guitarist. Oh, that's badass. Yeah, and then uh, Reggie Smith, who I admit I'd never heard of, but he hit 314 home runs in the bigs over 16 years, so um, pretty good. Um, Better than me. Yeah, that's 314 more than me. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, so I'm on the road. Colin, I guess, is about to be on the road uh, headed to Fayetteville, so we're on Skype. If you hear any weird noise or it breaks up, uh, that's why, and because this hotel I'm staying in makes – Strange noises. So I had a travel, uh, I had some travel issues. Well, I say travel issues, hotel booking issues. Oh, um, today or yesterday? Yesterday. Okay. Uh, so you ever use Expedia to book a hotel? No, but every time I search for a hotel, obviously that's what comes up. So I booked what I thought was like the La Quinta Inn or like a Hampton Inn or something in the middle of downtown Little Rock. Um, I booked it, but I booked it for the wrong day. Like it was a Wednesday night and I was booking to check in like within the hour uh, and leave Thursday. That's a problem because I wasn't staying there until Thursday night. Long story short is I have to go through Expedia's customer service to basically make the change. And I think I got scammed or was (laughs) attempted to get scammed. And I started asking too many questions because this guy came on and was like, yeah, we can make the change, but our servers are down. We're going to need you to go get a prepaid debit card. I'm uh, like, no, from sir. From Walgreens, and we'll put the money back on there. And when our systems get back up, we'll refund your credit card. And I was like, really? So I started asking like 20 questions or whatever. And he was like, no, let it, like, trust me. They're like, he gave me like his supervisor's number and stuff. And I was like, I don't really believe this, but I guess I'll try it. So I naively went and did it and put 100 on it. And then he was like, What's the PIN number on it? And I was like, I got a Visa gift card. He's like, no, I told you to get a prepaid debit card. I was like, uh, no, you didn't. <laughs> and Incorrect. here's what I knew I was getting scammed is when he – I got the card. I was dropping my brother off at a, uh, at a like, rush party on the square. He's going through orientation right now um, on the square. Wow, so your youngest was, brother is an old Miss? Yeah, I know. Wow, it's, uh, I'm old. It's officially, officially has been season. Um, so – then the guy calls me back, like before I could call him back. He's like, "Sir, do you have the card yet?" And I was like, "Uh, yeah, I do. I said I'd call you back when I could." 
<laughs> and that's when I knew I was getting scammed. So then we get into it because he tells me I bought the wrong card. I start screaming at this guy. And then it just gets to the point where I'm like, you know what I didn't think I'd be doing on a Wednesday night? Screaming at an Expedia customer service guy in some kind of warehouse overseas as I'm dropping my brother off at a rush party, basically just waving goodbye to my youth. <laughs> Pretty shitty Wednesday evening. As you're getting scammed. Yeah, as I'm getting scammed. So anyway, I had to book did, well, the hotel room. Did you get your money back? I think. So I, I recalled and actually talked to someone from Expedia Customer Service, and he was like, yeah, I've never really heard of that. Don't know what that guy was talking about. I'll see if I can make the change. They couldn't make the change. They canceled the hotel room, which is at that point I was like, fine, I'll just book another one myself. Booked one that's, yeah, you know, it's fine, but it's 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 little rock. You're, you're getting out of there. Yeah, I will. Um, I will be once we drop this podcast. I'll be headed there shortly. Anyway, that's a long way of uh, explaining what's <laughs> happened to me the last thirty six hours. What's uh, we got a lot to get into today. We got yeah, some mailbag questions that we literally asked thirty minutes ago, but the uh, the people came through job. clutch. Yeah, yes, they came through yes. clutch. I got a bunch in like thirty minutes, and when we first started doing this segment, we'd lucky to be get like two an hour. Um, <laughs> so. That's good, and I got another. Uh, I mentioned this on Wednesday show, but we are uh, we are growing. I got an email from my bosses the other day talking about how pumped they were at the numbers growing on this thing. So once again, thank you all. Please yes, keep listening. You. So apparently, you're supposed to say go subscribe and rate the podcast. I don't really know what that means, but I hear all the people that have podcasts say it. So go rate yeah. and subscribe. Yeah, it's uh, it's you. You just hit the subscribe button on the podcast app, and and, it, and our show shows up uh, whenever we drop a new one, like it's in your sure. home feed. You just got to sound like podcast. you know what you're talking about. You're like the guy on Wall Street that's like, short the stock, bro. Don't invest in emotion. Like you don't really know what you're talking about, but it sounds good. <laughs> you're not a podcast guy, rip. No, no, I listen to podcasts, but I don't rate and subscribe. If I click play, then go about my day. <laughs> but don't listen to me. Go rate and subscribe. There you go. There you go. So, uh, about to so get into today. today? Uh, yeah, so we have media availability at 2.45 today in Fayetteville. Ooh, you got to get um, Yeah, but I'll be good. Well, it's about three hours from here. No, I don't, don't do geography. Yeah, so we're we're good either way. So, a um, lot to get into today. Obviously, Ole Miss is starting their Super Regional game tomorrow, or Saturday, that is. Yep. Um, against... Arkansas, and most of the questions related to that, not all of them, but where do you want to start there? Let's just get into the matchup. We were supposed to have Kendall Rogers on today, but uh, he's not answering my text uh, after <laughs> saying he was going to go on. So he's a pretty busy, busy guy this time of year, so I'm going to let that one slide. Good dude. But, yeah, so that kind of fell through, so we did the mailbag thing. So thanks for the listeners for saving us again because we don't, we are not organized on this podcast anyway. <laughs> Let's uh let's get into it. So let's jump into some questions. You said you had some on Snapchat because you're younger than me and more social. So you go ahead from there. Wait. So what do you want to do first? Do you want to talk about the matchup, or, or do you just uh, want to kind of let the questions dictate it? Let's just let the questions dictate it. Yeah. All right. Bet. Let me pull some of these up. Okay. Um. So we got some Twitter, some Snapchat, and some text messages. Let's see. You want to start with the Twitter? Yeah, let's do that. I'm trying to get my Twitter feed to load, but my computer's gone berserk. I think I got it. Although, I'm not really even sure what this place's Wi-Fi is. You got to pull it up or you need me. Yeah, we're probably going to have to have you. My computer is, is old and not working well. <sighs> All right, we'll go with some text messages while the Wi-Fi go. is loading. I got, it pulled up. One... I got some Twitter pulled up whenever you get done. <laughs> 
Uh, no, see, now I got the internet. Now, no. now we're cooking with gas. Okay. <laughs> um, let's uh, let's. I tell you what. Let's start with our buddy Cam from the DM. Uh, okay. He says, uh, "How many years do you guys think Bianco has left in him, either from retiring or from leaving Ole Miss?" That's a good question. Uh, um, over so under know, four and a half. Oh, I'll go over that. Over a four and a half. Because if you I think said it about, like seven, if you'd have given me closer to a full decade, like not quite a full decade, I'd have been more inclined to go under. But four and a half, I think over. He's not that old. Like no, I know, I know he's getting a little grayer and losing his hair. Sorry, Mike. Um, but he's not that old. Wow, you called him old this week. Now you say he's losing his hair. I've called hair. him old twice this week. He did not. Uh, for those of you that are not listening to Wednesday's show, I asked him if he stayed up late enough for uh, Kessinger to get drafted, and he gave me the stank eye and then replied no. I don't think he was very happy with me basically dating his age that he had gone to bed. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's, I, it's I weird think he's got five or six more years left in him at least. Well, I mean, he's two wins away from this weekend from not having any trouble from someone wanting him gone, right? Like, he wins two this weekend, and nobody's going to be asking for his head for, what, five years? Oh, I would say longer than that, man. Because, like, think about when the when was the last Omaha trip? 14, which five years ago. That's why I kind of put the so, barometer. But, uh, yeah, no, no, that's, that's not a bad gauge, but I, I think I would push back a little on that saying that, is if they hadn't dropped a couple of home regionals the way they ha- would have, and maybe had gone to a super in between now and then, I'm not sure the heat would be as intensified. No, that's fair, because of the, a lot of the heat was we've been to one super regional in nine years. And that they, they dropped their last two home regionals last exactly. year, obviously, in, in his, I don't want to say historic fashion, but like, geez, I, I don't, it, you know, you know it we was don't like need to the rehash exact that. inverses. You go 0-2 and, and then 2-2. Two and two. Yeah, exactly. And so, so I think it's at least... At least five or six. I he, he he still has like the desire to coach. Like he's right. definitely not mailing it in. I mean, the guy's as intense as ever. Uh, I can attest to that personally. Um, well, is he as intense as ever? He seems more relaxed. Well, um, so we'll get into that in a second because there's another question regarding that. Okay. I, I, I guess I, intense is not the right word because he has laid back on the players some, but I just mean as far as like the desire to. Because you got to have a will. I don't really care oh, yeah. what college sport you coach in. You got to have a will every single day to kind of get up and do it. And the day that kind of fades, like it's almost like talk radio. Like when a talk radio guy loses his fastball, like there's no hiding it. It's like, okay, wow, this guy doesn't have it anymore. And yeah. I think coaching is a little bit the same way. You can tell when a coach mailed it in Houston, Nutt mailed it in the last couple of years, <laughs> completely mailed it in. Yeah. Just so, decided he was going to get 6 million and go on his merry way. So whatever you want to call it, an itch, a fire, whatever, he's still got it. I'm going to give you, as a final answer, at least six and a half years. That six fair? and a half years. Okay. Yeah. I think I go under uh, just because there's so many variables. But, I mean, if he's here eight more years, I'm not shocked at all. Um, let's all right. see he, what we got. He's got another question. Okay. He says, uh, assuming Doug keeps up his production over the next two years, who has a more su- successful MLB career, him or Rollison? I'm Ryan Rollison, not even close. Um, and yeah, I look, I, that's not a knock to Nikhazy at all. But look, if you'll remember last year, Ryan Rollison was the number first round pick, and he didn't have that great of a year. He's drafted because he has elite level stuff, elite level arm talent, and his problem when he wasn't good last year was fastball command, which a pro scout, a pro coach can fix in a snap of you know a flick of the wrist or a snap of the finger. Ryan Rollison had elite level stuff. 
special talent. Doug Nikhazy's a really good college pitcher, and I'm not saying he can't play professionally, but the breaking ball's got to get better. He's got a lot of things he has to get better at before he can really even – I can really even see a path towards like even making the show. Ryan Rollison's going to pitch in the show. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you. It's certainly Rollison. I'm, I'm fascinated really about Nikhazy's pro future. Like I, I don't know what pro scouts project him as. I mean, he is a left-hander that throws 89 to 91 with good movement. So, I mean – I don't. I think he's a top five round guy for sure, and I'm not going to be shocked if he throws major league baseball innings. But I mean, the safe bet there is certainly Rollison. One hundred percent. So I've got one from. Let's see. I'll start from the bottom line. Steve okay. Amen. I don't know if I pronounced it right. He's got a trademark logo by his name. Is that a? That's not official. Um. Anyway, how much of a scholarship would each player? <laughs> get roughly at Vandy. I know at normal schools they get somewhere between 25 and 50%. Vandy's a private school. You're never going to know the answer to that, but I'm betting all those guys are on close to full scholarship. Everybody's on. Yeah, they they operate on 22 and a half to 23 scholarships, I've been told, which seems like a lot. Uh, Yeah, compared to everyone else's 11.8, that's uh, not exactly a plucky group of underdogs. (laughs) Oh, Um, don't let the TV commentators tell you any any differently. Tyler Hayes says, what players – on this, what players that got drafted on this year's roster do you think won't go pro? I Roth, Roth, possibly Zach Phillips, and I don't know. I could see Zach Phillips coming back. Okay, I mean that that's it though, right? It's Roth and Phillips are the only two candidates, I believe. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, what's what, I don't what's really the, see it either. What's the point of him coming back? You know, like he's I mean, graduated. Yeah, he's literally only like and like. There's not for a guy like that, particularly closing games in college. I guess there's not a much of a window for him to like move up. Like it's not like that. Like he's going to jump I mean, into the top ten rounds. The only thing he could do to improve his stock is to start, right? Yeah, that's literally the only thing. So I'll give you Phillips and Roth, uh, but but I'm not going to even go certainties on them. Like I I think there's still a chance they both go pro. I would bet Roth is back, and I would actually probably bet Phillips is back. I'm okay. probably going to be wrong on that, but I uh, I think they're probably back. Boy, that really helps Ole Miss, Ole Miss if both of those guys are back. Man. Um, Randall Woods says, how many pitchers will Ole Miss use this weekend? Oh, Ooh. God. Uh, All right, so we got two and hey, at least, Etheridge and Nikhazy. At least two. I was going to say at least three. Both of them are not throwing complete games. Well, yeah, no, I'm just saying, but we're guaranteed okay, so, <laughs> two. Guaranteed. Yeah, for uh, them to field the field a team and like play the game, there has to be two. There has to be two. Um, I guess Etheridge could throw both. I think this series goes three, so I'm going to say seven pitchers. Seven pitchers. Okay, so you're going to go Etheridge. That's two ish a game. Crazy. You see Crazy twice. I mean, they're not winning this re- or they're not playing this thing without Parker Crazy touching a baseball. And he's probably uh, going to touch it if they win the thing. He's probably going to touch it twice. So right. they, that doesn't count as a different pitcher. So yeah. that's one starter, one reliever each game, and Caracy, give or take. Okay. So, so I, mean, I say Seller's going to throw. I think Phillips is going to throw, and I think Roth is going to throw. I'm fine with I may go eight. I may go the three starters, Phillips, Caracy, Roth, Myers. Yeah, well, I guess I did seven. I lost count. But yeah, I think you'd seven. have a hard time, particularly if I know the series goes three, which we don't, but I'm just kind of assuming because I think it will go three. You'd have a hard time convincing me any less than seven. Well, I, I, I actually I'm gonna change mine to eight. So I got three starters: Crazy Miller, Roth, Phillips, Myers. That I think all eight of those touched the baseball at some point this weekend. 
Okay. Um, Sean Lofton. If I'm butchering these names, I'm not sorry. Um, I think I'll pass on the relationship questions from guys in their mid twenties. Probably I, smart. Look, but <laughs> did you guys notice there are no smaller schools in super regional rounds? All power five schools, but one. Uh, uh yeah. Sean, ask me a question, buddy. I don't understand. <laughs> well, he asked, did you notice? Uh, did we notice? Yes. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean. It's kind of just what is college baseball this year. I mean, Power Five schools kind of dominated, and there wasn't like the Coastal or the UL Lafayette, uh, you know, pesky underdog that that was really going to dominate, and and that's kind of why you didn't really have that much parity from a Power Five perspective outside of East Carolina, who was the number ten national seed. So I mean, yeah, there there just wasn't that team this year. Well, you notice the the bubble. <laughs> Excuse me. You notice the bubble was weaker this year, and I think part of that's a product is because there weren't the stronger mid-major teams. I think stronger mid-majors may is part of what makes a stronger bubble. The bubble was very weak this year, and I think there's probably a correlation there. Yeah, no, that's certainly fair. Yeah. Um. Okay, so we did Cameron. Uh, I think this guy's name is Dan, but these aren't yeah, it's Dan. letters it's Dan. in the English language except for the D. Um, it's Dan. Internet is so strange. Is Ole Miss baseball important to the fan base because it's emphasized by the athletic department, or is it emphasized by the athletic department because it's so important to the fan base? Why do we care Ooh. about baseball so much? Is it because we're in the South slash play in the SEC? Jeez, this got deep, Dan. <laughs> Dan might be on the devil's lettuce. Um, so, so I'll tell you what. Let's let's answer answer it in reverse. Is it is it because they play in the South, play in the SEC? I think it has more to do with. It's Mississippi, and there's not a pro team, right? And they're both schools are good. Really, all three schools are good at it. They're yes. kind of the runts of the league in basketball. Not, I mean, State has a little bit more of a foot ba- I mean, basketball tradition than Ole Miss does, but not like a ton. This is really the only sport they're both consistently good at. People care. People like baseball down here. I mean, they've, they've created both, both schools and – Southern, to some degree, have done a good job creating an atmosphere to where it's a social event, not just a game, and that's crea- that's led into it. So I, I'd have to go back and reread this guy's question. He asked like the same question five different ways. No, but I, 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 is it you're emphasized right. by the athletic department, or is like is it emphasized by the athletic department because it's so important to the fan face, or vice versa? I think I it just know. both. I think it goes both ways. Well, if if your school is interested in a particular sport and you're good at it, you're going to pour money into that sport. Like that's just how any like business yeah, works. If interest is high, you're going to put your resources into that. Well, it's like uh, you know women's basketball, Mississippi State. And I'm not making fun at all, but that took off because they started winning. Ole Miss baseball is taking off because they started winning. Ole Miss softball is kind of taking off from a fan base perspective because they started winning. So I mean, people started caring because Mike Bianco started going to super regionals and hosting regionals. I mean, that that that's really what started this. Um, so yeah, that, sure, that's, that's true too. But it's a little bit different because it's not like they're pouring uh, a bunch of money into women's basketball at state, at least not yet. But partially because they share facilities with the men's, and that's a little bit different beast. But like, have you seen Ole Misses? Did you see that video of Chris Burke and Mike Bianco going through Ole Misses' new wow uh, wow baseball you facility? Disrespected that David Delucci is- so hard. Oh, did I say Chris Burke? You did. Oh, my bad. My bad to Delucci. But uh, the, anyway, it doesn't matter. That facility is unbelievable. <laughs> God. Have you I been mean, Mike Bianco makes more money than five major league managers. Like, you're going to yes, put your money where the interest is. And that's part of the reason why the heat, most of the heat on him is justified. If they're going to put their money where their mouth is, you got to produce. Yep. 
I mean, you created a monster, but that monster does have to be fed, you know? He, yeah, exactly. I mean, he's a product of his own... I mean, he, his, his criticism is partially a byproduct of his own success. Not completely, but a lot of it is that. And so, yeah, I mean, it's justified. So to answer his question, I think it works both ways. I mean, if people care about it... I mean, there's definitely ge- geographical factors here. It's definitely because Miss- we're in Mississippi, no pro team. Not a ton to do. Both schools are good at it. You're kind of the runs in football. A lot of things that work there. You kind of get it. Yep. Um, Corey Moore, can you touch on the Ryan Olenek so, situation? Do we know why he doesn't want to play pro ball? Look, if Ryan Olenek wanted to play professional baseball, when he got drafted in the 17th round by the San Francisco Giants, who probably could have given him a little bit more money than you would normally see in that round, he would have done it last year. I think he's just I – mean, a lot of times you see guys that are really good college players that don't have much of an interest in doing it afterward. Yeah, and, and it would be an uphill battle. For Ryan to play Major League Baseball because I think his his path to, if he actually wanted to play in the major leagues is pitching. And yes, he would. I think they would need to be. He would need to be drafted as a pitcher. Yes, and, and he hasn't really pitched since like high seven school. Seven innings. I mean, yeah, like he's not like he's not refining. Like, yeah, we're saying two different versions of the same yeah. thing. It's 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 on the mound, and I don't know if he wants to put in. And you know, I don't know this, but you know, obviously, we all saw the tweet that he told professional scouts he wasn't really interested in playing um i don't know i i kind of just think he probably's burned out i mean you play this thing for four years at a place like old miss i'm sure it's going to take its toll on you and he gets hit a lot he told someone that i know close to that he was kind of burnt out and not that he's like not caring about this he just i think right. after this this he's going to enjoy this last ride and that's that's kind of his baseball career, and that's fine. He was a good college player, and he had a decent—I mean, he had a good career. I mean, it's—it just kind of happens that way with some people, particularly when you're not like a toolsy prospect necessarily. That right. like that you know you've been proje- like Brian Olenek was not like projected out of high school to be a top round draft pick, unless I'm misremembering. No, you're not. Um, yeah, and so it's a different strokes for different folks. Like it's yeah, I mean, some guys are just good college players, like. I think you're going to see that with Jake Mangum. Like, I, I mean, I don't like wish the kid unwell going into the pros, but I think that's probably going to end up being his legacy. Yeah, and Jake's fascinating to me because I think he can really hit in, in single A and double A. I just don't know if that's going to ever translate to the type game that, that they play in the major leagues because, I mean, it's a three-outcome league. It's strikeout, walk, homer. That's it. And, uh, you know, I mean, he's going to have his to – His profile is a dying breed in big league baseball. Yeah, I mean, he translates sort of, you know, like Tony Kemp. That plays for the Astros. Can yeah, do what Kemp does. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of fascinated to see about Mangum. Um, let's see. James Lott. Hey, Colin, longtime caller, first time listener. Uh, not a radio show, but thank you. Um, what are the key matchups you're looking for this weekend that could give Ole Miss the best opportunity to win? Nuts and bolts, James Lott. Okay. Um. <laughs> Uh, James and my guy, we had a college together eight years ago. Let's see. Uh, I think Ole Miss has to get starters off the mound. I think that's the key this weekend for from an offensive perspective. You can't and conversely. Let- uh, d- d- I'll jump in real quick and then let you finish. Conversely, that works for Ole Miss too. Is Doug DeCasey and Will Etheridge have gone seven innings in each of their last two outings? At least Doug has gone eight in both. Will has gone seven. They're going to need like performances like that again. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I don't think you can let Isaiah Campbell hand the ball to Matt Cronin. I, I think you got to have some separation in there, and uh, that's how Ole Miss wins game one. And you don't let them just, you know, hand the ball to Costi Shock and Cronin in the eighth and ninth in game two. I mean, you 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 got to be able to get after these starters 
drive some pitch counts up. I mean, outside of Campbell, I don't really think they're going to be intim- or not. They're not going to be intimidated by Campbell, but I don't think Nolan or Wicklander can can dominate these guys. I mean, I think Campbell at his best is really really good. I watched. So for those there. of y'all that do not know exactly what that is, Isaiah Campbell is Arkansas's Friday night starter. He's their right. ace. He's their best pitcher by far, and Matt Cronin is their All American closer. The point being is you're going to have to get Campbell off the mound earlier to where he's not handing the baseball straight to Cronin, who's going to pump 95 miles an hour past him for four outs. I mean, if you'll remember Ole Miss's loss in the SEC tournament to Arkansas, they brought Cronin in to get the last four outs, and Ole Miss did not put a baseball in play. He struck that out all four hitters he faced. That um, is correct. And, and they good. like doing that. They like giving the ball from Campbell to Cronin, and then they've been able to do it a lot this year. So I think so, that's – yeah, I would agree. Ole Miss is going to need to get him out of the game. It, I mean, sixth-ish, early seventh. Like, you can't just you, – you can't have him go, you know, seven and a third and it goes straight to Campbell for five outs, basically. Right. Yep. Um, Cronin, but, yeah. Yeah, excuse me, Cronin. So, yeah, and then conversely, Ole Miss is going to need linked out of its starters. I See, I, what I was telling someone the other day, like, Ole Miss can lose game one, and I would still feel like, weirdly, they're in okay shape. Yes. Because Arkansas is going to have the upper hand on the mound in the first game. That's not necessarily a knock to Will Etheridge. Just I, Isaiah Campbell's really, really good. And yep. if he goes seven innings and you hand it straight to Cronin, what are you going to do? And well, so – and while I think Ole Miss can win game one, the problem is Ole Miss is the problem for Arkansas is Ole Miss is probably not losing the Casey start. So like Arkansas really like needs yeah. to win game one because if they're down 0-1 with Ole Miss having Doug Casey on the mound, they're in deep trouble. Yeah, that's that's what I was just to say. Look, it's imperative for Arkansas to win game one, and where it's kind of just like, oh, that'd be cool if Ole Miss won game one. Because I, yeah, it's I wouldn't call it a free shot, but in no, some ways not. it kind of it's not a free shot, but it's like. It's like Arkansas's. Uh, if, if you're both putting your troops on the front line for this, for the most cliched thing of all time, Arkansas's probably got a bit of an advantage in game one, but Ole Miss probably has it in two and three. Right. And so if Ole Miss were able to win game one with the advantage, presumably on paper in game two and game three, you're feeling pretty damn good about your chances if you're Ole Miss. Conversely, Arkansas wins game one. That's just kind of like what they needed. That's step one. And then they right. try to win one of the last two because. Doug Nikhazy, Ole Miss's best version of itself all year has been with Doug Nikhazy on the mound. I mean, he's. I think people nationally are kind of starting to see how good the kid is between what he did in the SEC tournament, what he did last week, and he goes eight innings of shutout baseball both times. Or I guess he allowed one run last week, but you get my point. Um, let me let me let me ask this, and, and I'm going to have a weird response to it. If you offered Mike Bianco a game three right now, what would he take? Would he play it out, or would he take a game three? Um, I don't think Mike Bianco would take a game three. Uh, I don't think that's how he's wired. If I were managing the Ole Miss Rebels, I would, but I don't think Mike would. See, I think I disagree. I think I'd play it out simply because I'm so confident that Nikhazy's not going to lose. So, I mean, I've got two shots to win a game. Like, like you know, if if Etheridge beats I, – I mean, I'll be honest. If Etheridge beats Campbell, I think this thing's pretty much over. Like I mean, I, so you, I'll push back a little bit on that because Nikhazy's been really good lately. But let's not act like he hasn't had bad outings. He's had a couple. Yeah. I mean, sure, but Connor Nolan's not going to shut down Ole Miss either. Is is kind of my point. Yeah, I that's mean, fair. And so the, for those of you that don't know, Connor Nolan is old Arkansas's number two guy, and this will be the third time Ole Miss has seen him because they saw him in the SEC tournament game that Ole Miss won. Remember, Arkansas Ole Miss played well, twice in the SEC tournament. That's the third time this lineup will see. We'll see um, Connor Nolan. Nolan. Uh, the only thing, you know, Nolan and Wicklander is, is 
Van Horn announced uh, TBAs for Saturday and Sunday. And what that tells me, or, or for Sunday and Monday, and what that tells me is Nolan will get the ball if Arkansas loses on Saturday, and Wicklander will get it if they win. Because they won't, they won't Nolan in their highest leverage situation. That honestly might work okay for Ole Miss because if you get Nolan, the guy you've already seen twice in game three, yeah, or you're game not necessarily two. Sca- yeah, you're well, not necessarily. The, well, no, I'm talking about if uh, if he does that thing where he pitches Nolan in three. Oh, okay, and you beat Wicklander with Nikhazy, yeah. I mean, yeah, you see what I'm course, saying? Like that's not necessarily know, the worst the case same, scenario for Ole Miss. It's the same thing. I mean, they're seeing Hoagland for the third time, though, right? Yeah, but like, which is which sides had more success? I mean, that's true. Uh, but Ole it Miss is the third time around. For whatever reason, Hoagland's a great matchup with them, and I'm not necessarily sure what that is. He threw well in Hoover, but I think he threw a lot of fly balls, which you can do in Arkansas too. Arkansas's got a spacious park. Uh, I'm interested to see that. That's why I think. Look, I think if Ole Miss gets out of this weekend, they're really, really set up for next weekend because you can throw a fly ball at Galore up there in Nebraska. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, so we'll keep moving. Uh, ben McDonald, probably a dumb question. That's a prelude to pretty much everything in my life. But can Ole Miss baseball coach allocate or just write a check from his bank account some of his salary to be used as a scholarship? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think you can do that. I, I don't know the rules on that. I'm not going to look it up. I don't think you can do that. Do you like <laughs> DJ Derrick? And if so, what's your favorite jam that he plays? Um, I like DJ, DJ Derrick. Derrick is the DJ in uh, Hoover, Alabama, by the way, the SEC tournament. Uh, I thought he was fine. I thought it was funny when he played Why Can't We Be Friends as the Vanderbilt Whistler was being accosted by LSU fans. Uh, that really created an atmosphere of just good old clean family fun when, you know, the – Liquored up Cajuns are screaming obscenities at this guy that looks like he's committed insurance fraud his entire life, just whistling incessantly. That really just created a good old fashioned Ooh. SEC blend of fun. Um, what 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 betting line would you need that that guy spent time in a federal prison? Uh, if you tell me white collar prison, I would probably say the odds are like minus fourteen hundred. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the third question is, are you excited about widespread panic coming to Brandon? I'm not a panic guy. I don't hate panic. I'm not going to show up at a panic show. That's just not really my scene. Wow, um, you're going to have to explain this to me. What What is this? You don't know what widespread panic is? I can't say that I do. Oh, man, that's like a... That's like one of the greater jam bands. How do you not know what widespread panic is? Like, man, do you know what the Grateful Dead is? Yeah, yeah, I know what they are. Okay, so it's so it's banned. It's a jam band type, but I don't even know how to describe the music because I'm not a dead fan. I like a, I mean, a widespread panic fan. I like a couple of their songs. I will not be at their uh, at their concert in Brandon. The only reason I found out they were playing in Brandon is because one of my Uber drivers dropping me off at the ballpark in Hoover was like, "Hey man, I'm going to." Uh, he was like, "I'm going to Brandy, Mississippi," and I was like, "What?" He was like, "Yeah, Brandy. I'm going to see a show." And I was like, "What the hell is this guy talking about?" Like, he's like. I was like, oh, Brandon. He was like, yeah, panic, man. I was like, okay, you know, be careful what you take. I don't know. He was, was very weird. Um, so moving along, the next question is from Derek. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just got a question that uh, trumps those. Sorry, hold on just a second. Uh, from Dilly Dilly Dingers, can we expound on why Mike wants to run Riffy over with a lawnmower? Oh, okay. So he listened to Wednesday's podcast. Correct. Um, I don't. I'm not really going to get into all of this on this podcast. 
Mike Bianco and I have an interesting relationship. We'll call it that way. Um, there are, it's not really been one particular thing. There are just days where I think he would like to spray me with the pesticides they put in the outfield. And then there are other days where he thinks I'm like, fine. Um, yeah, it, it's either all or nothing, right? Like, it seems like he really, really likes you or can't, would wish you would go away. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I don't have a real issue with Mike Bianco. He's been more good than bad. Like, I'd say we'd have more good than bad in the five years I've been around. There's just been, I've made a couple mistakes in writing some stuff, and some of it stemmed from when I worked in house. And, yeah. like, there were some legitimate gripes and stuff. And, like, I think we got past it okay, but it's just, uh, we've had some, some, a couple run-ins in the past, but if you're around, if you're covering someone that long, particularly a coach like that, and Mike is very like, um, Mike is very strong-willed in the way he does things, and I think that's part of why it's made him successful. And like any kind of change or alteration to that, or something that like he doesn't like, he's going to let you know about it because he like like he focuses on you know a lot of details, a lot of the small things. And so we've had some run-ins in the past, nothing major. Mike, I think Mike Bianco, if you actually asked him, I think he would. I think we have a decent enough relationship. He's been fine. Um, it's kind of turned into a joke, though, because he'll like, like the other day at the press conference when he cut me off and he's like, you've already asked two questions. Like, I think that's just his way of like screwing with me. So it's become more <laughs> playful. But at times he has gotten upset with me. But that, that's not unique. There's other guys on the beat. I mean, he's gotten upset at Chase, Parrish, all of those guys. Um, I just kind of find it fun to turn it into a little bit more of a joke than it probably is. Um so nothing really major there. I don't think he would actually run me over with a lawnmower, but I think you'd make him think twice. We'll put it that way. <laughs> um, <laughs> I really opened up a can of worms with uh, the whole Mike Bianco thing the other day because he tweeted at me the other day, and I was just like, what is going on right now? Um, oh, here's the – this might trump the last question. From Bracken, who I played high school basketball with, so you might see where this is going. Good friend of mine. If you were to put a 2K rating on your high school basketball coming out party, what would your score be? I'm oh, putting the God. over under at Wait, 91. Uh, we, I was we've 99. told the story, right? Yes. Yeah, so I, I guarantee most of the people listening to this have heard the story a thousand times. We don't need to rehash okay. it again. I sucked at sports uh, to the point where people mistake me for having some kind of uh, injury or disease. Um, in a game, not great, not great, not great. Um, I would put my rating at 99 though, because the one time I cocked my weapon, I fired and I hit the target. I made a there quarter you go. three. And so as far as I know, I am a, uh, I am a perfect one for one from Wait. behind the three point line, even though I missed a bunch of shots before that one went in and we're not going to count those. Um, so, so you're the uh, leading three point shooting, uh, shooter in, in MA, MAIS history, right? On shots that touch the rim or touch some part of the goal, I'm 100%. <laughs> uh, Nobody so, else can claim that. Yeah, he put it at over under 91. I was 99, man. I'm that guy that just barrels down the lane and you could just dunk from the free throw line. <laughs> oh, um, goodness. Any update on Olenek? We've already answered that one. Uh, what Jerry Robinson says, what would be more surprising, Ole Miss 2-0 this weekend or Ole Miss winning Saturday when after just pitching and losing Sunday, when Doug is pitching, um, I would say the latter is definitely more surprising because Ole Miss going two and zero would just tell me that they won on when Ether just started, and then Doug Nikhazy kind of does what he's done. But if Ole Miss <clears throat> wins Ether just started and loses Nikhazy's, that would definitely be a more surprising outcome. I don't really think, and you you might disagree. I don't think there's really a scenario where Ole Miss goes zero and two, right? 
Oh, I do 100% disagree with that. They definitely really? could do that. Arkansas is good. Good lineup, dude. There's like this team has played well the last couple of weeks, but they've been known to throw a stinker. They could definitely go over too. I mean, Arkansas is good. They're going to bring it. I mean, sure, but if this team plays like they have the past two weeks, they're not going 0-2. I, I just I can't. I mean, this team is one of the best teams in the country if they're if they're playing at this level, and they so really Arkansas, really though. well, sure, but. They really believe they're going to win with Doug Nikhazy's on the mound. I, I can't. I cannot see this at least not going to a game three. No, that's. I'm not saying it's likely, but like, it's not some. I wouldn't be astonished if Arkansas went two and zero in a home super. I just, I'm just not going. I mean, there's only been one de- team that's won a series there since mid April of 2017. Granted, it's been Ole Miss. And they've done say, it twice, it? Like, that's a tough place to play. Like. That that result wouldn't stun me because Arkansas is good, man. Like really, really good. Yeah, and, I mean, but Ole Miss matches up well with them. I don't think it's gonna. I'm not saying I think that's gonna be the result, but man, that's not that's not the most unrealistic thing. I think mean, maybe not. I, I just I really don't think Doug Nikhazy is losing a baseball. It kind of feels like Trent uh, in 14, where he's going to take the ball and he's going to throw seven innings. They're going to score one and they're going to lose. Kind of just feels like that for me. I mean, uh, maybe, but if they suck on, like, he could pitch well and they suck against Nolan and they lose the game three to two in the eighth or ninth. I mean, that's certainly fair. I just, I kind of think they're against right handed pitching right now. I, I kind of think they're dialed in. Uh, but I think Campbell's going to present some problems because he throws four pitches for strikes, which is absurd, but that's another story. Uh, Ham Hickman buddy, says, Are the Rebs going to win by this series by nine million or just 90? Wait. Uh, d- is Hamp still blocked from the DM? Mm, I'll have to unblock him. Um, <laughs> do oh, that we already answered why Mike wants to run me over with the lawnmower. Um, over under six bunts by Ole Miss this weekend. I'll uh, go, give under. me the push. I'll take the six. You're gonna take the six. I'm gonna go under. Right, right under. I okay. think they went under fourteen and a half last weekend. Under fourteen and a half. Yeah, you set you set the line at last week. Oh yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. So that's all the questions I have from Twitter. <laughs> um, I've got some text and some Snapchat questions as well, which is which is the most millennial thing ever. Well, I was trying to everything. You know, it was all in the name of content. So excuse <laughs> me while I pull some of these up. Um, and again, sorry about the audio today. If it's less than it is, we're on Skype because I'm on the road. Um, so Grayson Lamb, a buddy of mine, I'm not sure if I should say people's last names on this, but I just did. Sorry. Um, favorite golf hole and what's the highest score you've had on it in a given round? Um, I don't know if I have a favorite golf hole for whatever reason. I like the 18th, the Kiva dudes at uh, orange beach. It just looks really cool with the clubhouse in the background. Um, I actually, so the highest score on a hole, I, uh, when we went to Greenville Country Club yesterday, it was actually the place I played my first ever uh, high school golf tournament when I was in seventh grade, and I shot 112. Ooh. Yeah, that, not that, great. Not I great. Say, I wonder, that, that doesn't seem bad. Or that doesn't no, seem it good. was a, uh, it was not great. Uh, and I learned some hard lessons from that, but, you know, it turned out okay. I, you know, progressed to a C-plus player is great stuff, so. 18th at Kiva is probably one of my favorite holes. Not even really anything particular about it. I just think the background's cool. I'm also not as well-traveled as far as playing golf. Usually my dad goes to these things and brings me back a shirt. So, like, whenever I'm playing golf with someone else, they're like, oh, you've been to uh, Bandon Dunes? Like, no, my dad has, but I got this cool shirt out of it. Um, 
So let me look up another one. We've got one from Bo. Ask Olenek if he was scared of Philip Clark. I'm not answering that. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> He's asking about the walk-off in Hoover, I guess. Um, who will be the next AD? I, I do we I can't I have no idea. We need a, they need to hire a chancellor first. What sport will Ely be more impactful in? We answered that Wednesday. That's football. football 100%. Um, let's see if I got anything. Else. Oh, here we go. All right. These are actually better ones. Um, my friend Ian says, whose bullpen is going to give in first in this series? Ooh. Depends Ar- on how deep Ole Miss has to go. I would like reluctantly say Arkansas, but both these teams have pretty good frontline pins, and Arkansas yeah. probably has a little bit more depth. Well, I, I mean, I don't know. They they really rely on five guys up in you know Cronin, Cops, uh, Scroggins. I had it pulled up a while ago. Uh, I know Cron- Ole Miss has been better lately, but Ole Miss really relies on like three sometimes they four. Do. But I kind of think Ole Miss has a real advantage because the middle relief guys. Look, I looked this up the other day. Arkansas has put in Cronin one time when they don't have the lead this year, uh, and their other bullpen arms are right-handed. So I think Ole Miss can make some hay really on this bullpen because anybody that throws with their right hand, they kind of hit. That's fair. I would actually say it's more likely that Ole Miss's gives in first because I'll give Arkansas the edge on depth. Um, so I'll go the other way on that, and I will say Ole Miss's is the most likely to give in, and I think that's probably why it's a little bit more important for Ole Miss to get linked out of its starters. Yeah, um, that, that's certain. Because there is no, it's no, it's no coincidence at all that Ole Miss playing its best baseball of the season right now. That Etheridge has given back to back seven innings, and Casey's given back to back eights, and then you pitched into the sixth inning with Hoagland and Phillips the last time they've started games. That's not really a coincidence at all. No, not at all. Um, and even Houston Roth gives you five against Georgia. Uh, so yeah, you're right. Um, okay, we got another one from oh, for another one from Ian. If Ole Miss and Mississippi State both make the College World Series, which fan base collapses into madness first? Uh, I would just say the internet. <laughs> the internet. <laughs> Wait, looks they just make the College World. They're, they're not playing each other. They just both make it. I think that's what he was implying, though. Oof. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that would yeah, no. Don't need that. Uh, just no. I don't need that to happen. Just with the, that would be just a terrible week of radio, to be honest. Like that would really just suck. Well, um, you find it'd be out cool well, for ho- the state ho- that both schools make it or whatever. I get that, but I, I, no one needs that. Yeah, I mean, you'd find out on Saturday. They'd play Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You wouldn't have the build up to it at least. Right. And no, you wouldn't have it at all. And and well, that and just like. I've said this before. This is such an overrated thing, but like the rivalry brings out the worst in people. People act like children. It's stupid. It's unbecoming. It's unnecessary. Let's just the I players really like each other happen. more than the fans do. Uh, yeah, I would one hundred percent agree with that because the players don't act like babies. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, my answer to that would be the internet would explode. Um, <laughs> Michael. A good buddy of mine says, if you could set the spreads, including the over-under for tomorrow, what would they be? I would say the spread would be Arkansas minus one and a half um, on the run line. Kind of your basically, because I think it's good, It's pretty even, and that's basically your typical Major League Baseball run line. The over-under okay. is really what's intriguing here for me. Do, do you um, want the actual line? Yeah, what is the actual line? I'm pulling it up. 
keep talking. I'll pull it up. It's got to be a one and a half. There's no way they put that more than that. Because I think no, it's not like... more than one and a half. Okay, here is the line. It is one and a half, but yeah, okay, it's wow. I can't find. Okay, Arkansas minus one and a half plus one ten. The money line is Arkansas minus one seventy. Ole Miss plus one fifty. What do you think the over under is? Um, with Campbell and Etheridge, I'll go nine. Eleven. Oh. Yeah, um, that's kind of what I thought, too. I would go under that. Yeah, I, I think both pitchers are going to pitch well. I think particularly when you get to the front end of both of these bullpens, like they're, they're kind of their their best guns. I don't think that's good. I think it's 3-2, three, 4-3, three, something like that. I mean, that, you know, 11 runs, you're talking like 7-6 to bust that. Yeah, I mean. 7-5, yeah. somewhere in there. I mean, I right. don't know seven, six, Each 13, team scores I mean. 6. I don't think either team is scoring 6 tomorrow, to be honest. Um, yeah, I, that's, that's interesting to me. Okay. Um, uh, my friend Matt says over under team home runs for this series minus 3.5. I'm going over. So is that, is that Ole individual? Miss? Yeah, we'll go Ole Miss and then Arkansas. Um, Ole Miss over, but barely. I'm going to go under Ole Miss is particularly Thomas Dillard and Anthony Servideo come to mind. have been hitting it out of the ballpark more bombs, a big ballpark. Ole Miss for the larger sample size, has not really hit the ball out of the ballpark very much for the last two months. I'll go under on both schools, actually. Three and a half for Arkansas. You're talking, if you if both schools go over, that's eight home runs this weekend. Yeah, yeah, that's certainly fair. Um, I'm going to go uh, under on both schools because that's a big ballpark. I just think Ole Miss has a chance to generate some power because they throw so many right-handers. Maybe, but Ole Miss could still score a bunch of runs out driving out of the ballpark. You've seen them do that a lot this year. Yeah, certainly true. Um, so I'll, that's a good question, though, honestly, because 3.5 is right about the one that makes you think. Because I think if it had said, uh, I think if, well, if, it, if I think if he'd have said 2.5, I might have gone over. Go over, this. yeah. I've, I've got four. I'd have been more inclined to think about it. Um, let's see if there are any more Snapchat questions. I think that's all from Snapchat. I got a couple of texts. Um, from my friend Baxter. Hey, Brain. Quick question <laughs> here. Regarding your old status following Ole Miss Sports, do you anticipate yourself doing this over the course of the next 25 years? The short answer is no. The long answer is you're a real dickhead, Baxter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Baxter? Baxter is a former roommate of mine. Uh he lived with me in that house situation we had going on. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, with the uh, water bill. Yeah, that's, yeah, let's leave it at that. The water bill. <laughs> um, yeah, what a dick. And then he asked me to tell the Expedia travel story. Spoiler, already got that out of the way in the early part of the podcast. So, kick rocks, <laughs> Baxter. Um, from Forrest, who listens to this podcast a lot, good buddy of mine, do you, this is actually a good question because I don't think I agree with the way he, he thinks I'm going to answer or he's going to answer this. But do you think you can attribute some of Ole Miss's recent success in baseball to Bjork leaving? I feel like there was a lot of pressure on Bianco with Bjork. And once Bjork left, Bianco loosened up. So did the team. Um, so we'll start there. Um, so I think there's originally in a vacuum i would say the answer to this question is probably yes but my the one way i'm pushing back on this is i don't think mike had any idea and so 
and I'm going off this based off of uh, talking to people who have been on the beat longer than me. Like Chase Parham has been around this for a while. So 2013 was the last time this got really bad when yeah. he didn't get his contract renewed a couple of times in a row. And they went into that 2014 Omaha year with a lot of pressure. Apparently, you know, Mike was very uptight about stuff and you could tell he was really feeling it. I don't think he was feeling it this year. Or if well, he was, he did a much better job of hiding it. And so I think there's something to what Forrest is asking but the only, I, I don't know if I can answer yes, because from what I've seen and from what I've heard and from people I've talked to, I'm not sure he knew. Mike doesn't do the internet. Like, he's not – There's look, there's a lot of coaches that – I'm just going to break some news. They're reading the Rebel Grove and the Spirit a lot. Mike doesn't That's do that. That's the two message boards in Oxford, by the yes. way. Yeah. Laugh doesn't do that. Clem doesn't do – they don't spend time on these message boards uh, reading – yeah, that, so they don't know. They don't know that everybody wants them fired or, or loves them. And or the whatever. reason Mike knew in 2013 is because his contract was not rolled over For twice the second in, a year in a row. Yes, and he really does. Mike Bianco. It's not a like it's not a cliche or joke. Mike Bianco purposely lives in a bubble. I mean, he's yes. he's very, he's been very open about that. He's told us that before. He's told us he really only reads the Oxford Eagle. He doesn't really go into all that. Now, players is a different story. Yes, Do you think they had an idea? They knew. They knew. I, I can tell you 100% they knew what was up. So maybe the answer is partially yes. Maybe that whole happening, you realizing you know the coach is safe or there's not as much pressure on that, the players loosened up. So I think it's a combination. I think the answer to this might be yes and no. 100% Ole Miss loosened up um, somewhere between the time they left Knoxville and the time they started playing better again in Hoover. Somewhere that happened, we've asked that. I've written that over and over and over again the last couple of weeks. Like, they loosened up. Mike Bianco was very much looser. Look, he's cracking jokes in press conferences. He's smiling a lot more. The team's playing looser. I just wrote a story on Phillips becoming the dugout guy. Like, there's something to that. I'm not sure if how much Ross's departure had to do with that because it's like this weird timing in all of this where that was like right in the middle where they were already starting to play well and become looser. Like, you got to think that this little run they've had started before Ross left. Now, it was only like two days before, but still. Right. No, it's it's certainly a fair question um, because you, you think about Mike and uh, his status and, you know, if he no longer feels the pressure. But I think you're right. He, he didn't know. Mike Mike didn't know that, that the fan base really turned against him. I mean, I think that's fair to say. The fan base had pretty much turned against him, right? I think it's a very valid question, though, because the timing in it would make you think that. But I just – I can't put it – like when I look at on the – like the, I guess the facts of it on both sides, I, I can't put enough credence into it because they're a little – they started being a little bit looser before the Bjork news came out. Did Bjork news help the players? Probably. I, I think there's something to that, maybe. Um but the reason I say no is because, like I said, I don't think Mike had any idea, and I think that's what it comes down to. Good question, though. Um, All right, I've got a, I've got one question from Twitter that we missed. Uh, and from from Derek Stevens, uh, this is my guy. He said, uh, "Would you laugh or cry if Hunter Henry came out to throw the first pitch with Alex Collins behind home plate?" Oh man, uh, I enjoy troll funny. jobs. I would laugh my ass off. That that'd be kind of fun. Okay, let me let me kind of piggybacking off that. If you're an Ole Miss fan, which would you rather take a baseball series win this weekend or change fourth and 25? Because fourth and 25, do you get to the playoff? If you're guaranteed the playoff, you change that, right? Um, Yeah, probably. Because, I mean, look, Ole Miss could win a national championship in baseball and 90% of the country wouldn't know. Yeah, but th their fan base would know, and that matters. 
Oh yeah, sure. I don't know. I, as far as the question pertains, I think it'd be. I, I would laugh. I think it would be hilarious. Um, Forrest had a follow up question that: Do you think the new AD, whoever it is, is going to put the same pressure on Bianco if he doesn't make to Omaha? I don't, I don't think there's any way to answer that. Look, like Mike survived like what at least two athletic directors now. They just kind of let him do his thing. He's the most stable thing Ole Miss has going for it in terms yeah. of athletic program. I would say no. I mean, obviously, if the new athletic director comes next year, might go six more years without making it to Omaha. Like the AD is not going to need to put pressure. He's going to feel but it from other people. Was was it so much not making the College World Series, or was it losing home regionals? Like, it's not making supers. It's not yeah, making I, supers because your goal as a college baseball coach should be to make supers. Because we've yes. discussed this before on this podcast, you play all these games for a two out of three series. That's kind of a crapshoot. And granted, Mike's had. Bad luck, bad record, whatever you want to call it in Supers. But the goal should be to get to Supers. If you're putting exactly. yourself on the doorstep of Omaha with two wins away, that's all you can really ask for. And you're eventually going to break that down. So um, it's not necessarily the Omaha trips in and of itself. The Omaha trips, I guess, are kind of the end result. Like, I mean, if you don't go to Supers, you're not going to Omaha. I, big brain stuff there. But, yes, it was more about you know losing home regionals, never going on the road and winning as a two-seed. That's, that's more what so I was anything else. That's what the next step for Mike is. is look, this, team's not, this program's not always going to host regionals. I know the last three years when they played in the postseason, they've hosted. They've not gone on the road in a long time. I think they're on the road next year. This team, this program needs to go win a road regional at some point. Um, let's see. I've got a couple more, and then we'll get out of here. Um. Forrest asked a question about the draft we already answered. Kosser, a buddy of mine, um, if – let's see. How can we expect to see Ely in the football offense this year? Um, obviously, Scotty is number one, but will number two back – will he be the number two back as the season gets going? Yes. Um, so we did this a little bit on Wednesday's podcast. Uh, he's going to play, and he's going to play a lot. Um, I still think Phillips sees the bulk of the carries because he is a really good all SEC caliber level running back. But they're going to use Ely in a lot of ways. Like with the way the offensive line is going to be, I could I, they're going to get Ely in space. They're going to get the ball out of Corral's hands quickly. I think one of the reasons Ole Miss could kind of mask some of its offensive line turnover is that they have guys like Elijah Moore, like Tyler Knight, like Jaron Ely, where you can get it out to him in space quickly and make plays. And I think that kind of is conducive to Rich Rod's system. So as far as like carries and being the number one and number two back, I would still bank on Phillips being the bell cow, but I think you're going to see Ely used in a lot of different ways. Like he's going to be on the field and he's going to get 15, 16 touches a game, but I think Phillips still gets 20 something. I think that's exactly right. Uh, I think they use him kind of out in space and, and not really not as a backup to, to Phillips, but as kind of a He's just a option. different style back. Right. And there exactly. will be a day where Phillips is, I mean, excuse me, Ely is the guy, but when you have Phillips, he, like it almost helped. Like you don't have to use Ely like that. You can save exactly. some wear and tear and do a lot of different stuff yeah. with him. So, and, and Phillips is probably more physically ready to go. Um, so, yeah, I, I think you you nailed it. Um. Do you think we Ole Miss will use him in a Saquon type role where he's catching passes out of backfield? Do you see him actually playing both football and baseball? So we just answered his question. The second part of that it was an absolute yes. Uh, Saquon's probably a decent comp there in yeah, terms of like agreed. different ways of using him. Like not as many touches as Saquon in terms of like handing it off, but in terms of what they did with him out of the backfield, I think that's a probably a fa- fairly good comparison. Do I see him playing football and baseball? Yes. Um, I do, because he seems more serious about it than guys have in the past. I yeah. think it helps 
that he has Plumlee doing it too, to where it's both of them that can kind of do it together as opposed to them being by themselves. Um, do, you, and, do, you, do you give any credence to the Diamondbacks throwing $250,000 at him and him going to do instructs over the summer? Why would he announce he's foregoing the draft if he was going to do that? Because that's what we thought he was originally going to do. Yeah, I mean, they, I'm just saying they could still do it. Um, so I, I don't know. Uh, I just it was weird. I that think they he's going to try it at least. Yeah, I think he does too. But I think if you're telling me is Jaron Ely going to end up playing minor league baseball or playing in the NFL, I think he's going to the NFL. Yes, I do too. Um. So yeah, I think he's going to try. I'm actually going to try to talk to Sinquez Golson next week for a story because I remember when I, I did something with Sinquez a couple of years ago when he got a. Uh, kind of his last shot in the NFL. I wrote, I wrote this big, long piece on kind of how he had some tough luck and the decision he had to make to turn down so much money from the Red Sox in high school. He got signed by the Raiders. I wrote this story uh, about it being his last shot, and he got cut in favor of a punter like five days later. Oh, of course uh, Yeah, so that didn't, uh, that was not not great. Good guy. They're super nice. Um, but I'm, I, what I was, my point with being was I'm, I think I'm going to call him and just ask him about to do the two sport thing because I remember when I was talking to him for that story, he was talking about how he was struggling to work out and even to find time to eat some days going back and forth and how hard it is. And I do wonder with him, with Ely having John Rice Plumley, if that makes it any easier. And I'd kind of be interested to get Sinquez's take on that. Yeah, no, that's certainly, that'd certainly be an interesting conversation. Um, I think that's all the mailbag questions I have. So so let's call it. You you got Ole Miss or Arkansas this weekend? Uh, we got one more. I don't know if we okay. can. Hayes, double, Hayes says project your one through nine and three weekend starters for next year. Oof. You want to say that for Monday? I mean, I can give three weekend starters. I think uh, Hogland, Nikhazy, Roth. Okay, go one through nine real quick. Oh. Um, uh, can I go around the infield? Yeah, uh, that's fine. All right, Keenan at third, video at short. Bench at second. Graham at first, Dunhurst at catcher. Let's see, left field, LaFleur, center field, Walsh, right field, Elko. Maybe switch Elko and LaFleur uh, from right field to left field. DH, LaPosser. Maybe Hayden Leatherwood some at DH, too, from a left-handed perspective. That's fine. I'm, look, I'd have to sit down and think of that. I kind of agree with most of that. I think Walsh is an outfielder. I think Servideo's the shortstop bench is probably the second baseman. Keenan's going to play first or third. They'd like to have Elko at third base, but they probably he might end up being in the outfield. Yep. Outfield is probably going to be Josh Hall, Connor Walsh, and either Elko or someone else. Um, so I think you nailed it. I think the three weekend starter is probably correct. If Phillips comes back, I think he has a chance. I think Roth might a little bit, but I, I would tend to agree with that. So did we get into the series enough? The questions kind of bounced around. Yeah, yeah, we did. We did. Uh, so, unless it's- Arkansas got a bunch of hard-throwing right-handers. Well, we kind of did this before we go. Just give me three biggest keys for this weekend. It's very generic. Uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of, kind of, I think the biggest thing is Ole Miss has got to figure a way to get, uh, get figure out a way to get these starters out because I think Ole Miss can hit this bullpen. I really do. I don't, I don't think they can, you know, match up that well with Cronin. But the guys outside of that, I think Ole Miss really matches up well, and they've hit them well this year. Uh, Etheridge and Nikhazy have to be good again. Ole Miss can't be throwing their bullpen eight innings over the first two days. Like, that's not a recipe for success. So you took, you took one of mine there because I, and I was going to say the reason for that is because Ole Miss is, while they got some good innings from, 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 from lesser role guys like Max Chofi and Caleb Hill in Hoover, 
Ole Miss's depth in the bullpen is really is what's caused it to have been shaky outside of a two-week period where Caracy couldn't get anyone out and then the whole thing just faltered. So Ole Miss does not need, like you said, the bullpen doesn't need to throw seven innings the first two days and then you're relying on some guys you haven't really relied on much for game three. That's not going to be a recipe for success for them. Um, I'm going to say Ole Miss needs to cut down on the base running gap. Yes. They run themselves out of two scoring opportunities this weekend. That's probably the difference in their season or could potentially be. So I'm not going to give you the whole timely hit maximizing scoring opportunities thing like an old crusty baseball coach, but I'm going to say don't run yourselves out of those opportunities yep. on the base pass because Arkansas will win the series if Ole Miss does that repeatedly. So, so you're saying Tyler Keenan shouldn't tack from second to third on a ball to left field? Yes, and I, I think I had a metaphor the other day that I put on the internet that I was quite proud of because I'm the least internet savvy person on earth that said Ole Miss runs the bases like a youth team that found a core of Red Bull. Just <laughs> chill out, man. Just, yeah, just be like... I, I don't mind them being aggressive. I like, think that's part of what's made them good. They steal a lot of bases. They're an aggressive team, but like, tone it down a bit, buddy. Like, yeah, easy on the testosterone. Like, Servideo, he, he wants to run. That's fine. You know, you take what happens there. Keenan, probably not, boss. Yeah, so I think that's a key. Um, the last one I'll give is good Parker Crazy needs to continue to show up. Yep. Yep. That's if bad Parker Crazy shows up, they're not winning. So. Yeah, so that's uh that's pretty much all I got. I think you got Ole Miss in three. I've gone back and forth on this a couple of times. I can't believe I'm saying this because I like like there, there was no scenario that I've ever picked Ole Miss to get to a super regional in any case scenario, either, or particularly win a one on the road. But I, I just I don't see Arkansas winning it in two. I don't see them beating both Etheridge and Nikhazy, and I think Ole Miss probably has a little bit of an upper hand in game three, particularly if the bullpen's intact. So I think. I think I am going to say Ole Miss in three. Okay. Um, I'm going I, Ole Miss in two. I think they beat Campbell oh for God. whatever reason. I, I just – I think Campbell is – I think Etheridge is going to shove it. I don't know. We'll see. I, I just don't know if this team's going to lose right now. That's fair. I'm going to say reluctantly Ole Miss in three. Um, I would actually Wh- say Arkansas in two is more likely than Ole Miss in two. Yeah, that's probably fair. Uh, so you think Ole Miss back ends it then? Um. Yeah, I think it's probably lose Saturday, win Sunday, and then they win on Monday. I think if that's the way my prediction is going to come true, I mean, if that, my prediction is going to come true, I think that's the only foreseeable way. I mean, I say that, and the way this fuck, this weird season has played out is they're going to lose, I was about to say Friday, they're going to lose Estridge's start on Saturday. Or no, excuse me, win that start on Saturday. Nikhazy's going to get shelled, and then they win Monday. Because this <laughs> entire season like has made absolutely point. no sense. Yeah, Nikhazy goes 2.1 and gives up Zach six. Phillips throws six and a half innings in relief. <laughs> um, gives up a yeah, hit. Yeah, so th- this is the most confusing team I've ever covered. I've said that a hundred times on this podcast. Did, uh, did you go to Omaha in 14? No, I didn't start covering this team until 15. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I, the year after they went to Hamas when I started, which was an incredibly strange time to start covering this team. Um, but it gives you a unique perspective on some stuff. So, yeah, that's about You'd all like I got. Omaha. Gone over they've an they've hour. got good golf, good stakes. You'd like Omaha. Uh, yeah, and then uh, I think if we did that, I think me, Ben, and Chase would be doing an Airbnb. So, you know, would Ben kill one of the two of us after 11 days in Omaha? He'd probably be feeling a bit psychotic. I'm not going to rule that out. Um, 11 days in Omaha. They'd better come back with a trophy for the love of God. That's it. Well, that's time. how many they spent last time. Because I was asking Chase and Ben about it the other day. They're like, yeah, we were there 11 days because you don't play back-to-backs. And I was like, geez. But we found a house <laughs> potentially with a pool. So there if that go. does happen, yeah. Uh, yeah, skinny dipping and such. Just kidding. Oh. Um, <laughs> 
Um, so that's about all I got. We gave our predictions. Uh, this turned into a hell of a Friday podcast. I had nothing planned. Uh, the Kindle interview kind of didn't really work out, but the uh, listeners saved us on this one with a bunch of good mailbag questions. Y'all better over than Kindle, anyways. Um, what'd you say? I said they were better than Kendall anyways. Yeah, good question. So the listeners are score one for the listeners on this uh, on this Friday because you kind of say just from having nothing nothing going on. So um, I'm going to get headed to Fayetteville so I don't miss this availability. You got anything else? No, that's it. That's it. We'll uh, be back on Monday. Oh, I guess. Well, we'll see. TBA, if there's a game three, there's probably not going to be a podcast until after game three on Monday night or Tuesday morning. If this series ends in two one way or another, we'll probably have a podcast on Monday. Fair enough? Yeah. Yeah, it sounds good. All right. Well, for Brian, I mean, for Colin Brister, I am Brian Scott Rippey. Thanks for listening, as always. I know I mentioned this on Wednesday's show and at the beginning of this show. We're growing. Uh, my bosses were happy about that. We appreciate you listening. It's cool to see this kind of thing kind of come off the ground because we literally started with what, like 50 listeners, I think. And then it's just kind and of two of them were, getting, yeah, two of them were like us, three of so. our parents. Yeah. So this, we, this has kind of gone off the ground quicker than I thought that is thanks to y'all. So, uh, like, like, and subscribe as those in the industry say, um, I don't really still don't really know what that means, but thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back at it on Monday. <laughs> A Super Talk Mississippi media production.